Amen, amen. What's up, Rock Church? Let's give the Lord Jesus a big head. Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Point Loma, say amen. amen. Everyone say East County. East County. What's up, East County? Everyone say North County. What's up, North County? Everyone say San Ysidro. What's up, San Ysidro? City Heights. Very good. Let's all stand up. Let's all stand up. Give person next to you a high five and a hug before we pray. Say hello. I want to say hello to all the campuses, everybody watching online. Uh, whenever you come to church, uh, when you come to church, uh, my prayer is that you would come ready to be challenged and that God would speak to you and that you would listen to him um, and that you would be ready to take notes. We give you pieces of paper. I would challenge you every time you come to church to prepare and make it your goal to write one thing down that God speaks to you. If God is not speaking to you, and you're not listening or he's not speaking here, you need to go someplace where he will. So my goal is that to tell you something that will challenge you, not to tell you what you want to hear, but to tell you what, what we believe the, God, the word of God says. And today's going to be one of those sermons. And so I want to prepare your heart because we're going to be talking about relationships and sex and all the stuff that every person in here has a little burning desire in our heart for a relationship. And uh, we have sexual desires. We're going to talk about that today in hopefully a PG-13 uh, level, just in case you got your children's here. Uh, but if you have kids, your kids need to hear this. So if they're not here in this service, I, I can't encourage you to get them here later today. Have them watch online. If you watch online, call all your friends. And so I want to pray that God prepare your heart and we can talk freely. Whenever I do men's events, I always uh, tell the guys, guys, can we talk? You know, because when you guys, guys have different issues, so, and I want to be able to talk freely. And I say, look, if there's women in the room, if you hear stuff you don't want to hear, that's on you. But we're going to talk as guys. Can, can I get amen, fellas? So today we're going, to talk as a, uh, we're going to talk freely. I'm not going to talk like it's only guys, but we're going to talk freely. And I, I, I want to pray that you would receive what God has to say to you. Because he's going to say something to you. Amen? Amen. amen. Lord, thank you. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Give someone a high five. Amen. If you have your Bible, on the count of three, lift your Bible up and say word one. <laughs> Just keeping you on your toes, keeping you on your toes. On the count of three, say uh, word one. <laughs> one, two. <laughs> one, two, three. Very good. Let's turn to Book of Ruth. Book of Ruth. Ruth. Hey. Ruth, Ruth, Ruth. Ruth is right after Judges. It's, let me see the uh, seven, seven, eighth book of the Bible. Eighth book of the Bible. Ruth. This story, uh, when people usually share this story, they talk about how Ruth, a widower, was married to a man named Boaz uh, in order, as a kinsman redeemer, as, in, in the role, Boaz playing the role as a relative who would marry her and redeem back to her 
land that her family lost. Today I want to talk about it in the context of their relationship. When my daughter, I have two daughters, one is 30, one is 29, my, uh, and then I have a son, 27. My middle daughter was a little girl. She had the black Ken and Barbie dolls. And Ken, uh, you know, had a jerry curl and uh, Barbie had a weave. Um, and <laughs> she had a, uh, a big plastic bucket that we bought, like a pail. And in the pail were all these dolls and toys. And one day she reached in and she grabbed the black can and she said, Daddy, this is my man. And I was like, I felt kind of hurt because at that age, you know, I was her man. And, and, and it was just a con the thought that one day she would grow up and have another guy kind of bothered me. So she went to bed or whatever and I went in the pail and got out Ken. I said, yo, man, <laughs> you date my daughter? And he's just like. So you got a job, and how are you going to provide for her? And he just wouldn't say anything. He was just frozen, right? So I, I screwed, unscrewed his head, his arms, and his legs, and put him back in the thing. And she came back and said, Daddy, Ken is dead. He's dead. And I realized it was very natural for her to have this desire to have a, a relationship. God made us for a relationship. We all have that natural desire, natural propensity, but there is a right way and a wrong way or a way that God prescribed and a way that God has not prescribed. And one of the ways you know is not only by reading the Word of God, but by the results of your relationship. I was doing a class, I've done 100 classes in high schools uh, on safe sex. And I would say, uh, can, it, what are ways you can be hurt by sex? You know, you know, diseases and blah, 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 it broke your heart. Your relationship can be destroyed. You can get a disease. You can have an unwanted pregnancy and, and then just have an abortion, which is killing the baby and then risking your ability to have babies later. And this one kid, I was in a Philly school in Philadelphia, and this one kid raised his hand because I was asking the kids to tell me how they could be hurt by sex. Sex is a beautiful thing that God made. Relationships are a beautiful thing that God made. I said, how can you be hurt? He said, yo, man, when you go over to your girlfriend's house and her dad comes home and he gets out a baseball bat and hits you on the head. I was like, yeah, that's the kind of way you can be hurt by sex. <laughs> so in this story I want to read, it's about a guy named Bo and a, guy, and a woman named Ruth. All the fellas say Bo. Bo. All the ladies with a high voice say Ruth. Yeah. Very good. And in this story, they're going to meet each other and they're adults. Ruth is a widower. Her husband died. Boaz is a grown man. He's very wealthy. And they're going to court and eventually get married. And we're going to learn some principles about our relationships. There's some stuff I want to interject. And then at the end, I'm going to have a call for purity. I'm actually going to challenge you to take a vow of purity. What does that mean? Is that you're going to conduct your relationship sexual life in a way that honors God. I've been married 32 years. I've known my wife 36 years. I had to take a vow of purity. Doesn't mean my wife and I are not going to have intimate relations because we are as often as I can. <laughs> However, we got to do it in a pure way. Even though I'm married, you still can do things in the wrong way, ways that don't honor God. And so this challenge is to all of you married, single, you've been married 50 years, 10 years, 5 years, not married yet. Uh, I, I'm going to share with you principles that hopefully will challenge all of us in this room because our sinful nature wants to be impure every day. It's constant. And so in the story, we're going to learn some principles, and I, I pray you write it down. How many of y'all are single, by the way? Raise your hand. If you're single, great, great. You're going to learn some stuff. 
<laughs> raising both hands, okay? <laughs> He's double single, okay? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm going to teach you, and by the way, what I'm getting ready to say, I want to hear some reaction from both girls and guys. I'm going to teach you guys, I want to hear some reaction. If you like what I'm going to say, cheer. If you don't like what I'm getting ready to say, boo. Okay, I'm good with that. I'm going to teach you guys how to get your woman to bow at your feet. Let me hear it. Okay. Fellas, fellas, can I get amen? Okay, very good. I'm going to teach you guys how to get your woman to bow at your feet. For all you single guys, you're going to learn something very powerful today about how to get your woman to bow at your feet. It's biblical. Ladies, I'm going to teach you how to get the guy your dreams to do everything you ever wanted him to do for you. Can I get an amen, ladies? Very good. Very good. Okay, let's read the story. Woo, woo. <laughs> uh, let's define love. Love is the heart of God. We talked about love is the heart of God. And God is love, but really love is the heart of God, his passion for us, his desire for us. And when we love other people, we are expressing God's hearts towards them. How do we express God's heart towards somebody we want to hug? We want to kiss. We want to have intimate relationships with. We want to marry. How do those two things go together, especially when you're single, then when you get married? How do you express God's heart towards someone you want to date? In our culture, the culture is saying, here's how you express God's or love, I should say, but often those ways contradict the Bible. So how do we reconcile that? So we're going to talk about that uh, in this story. Ruth is a widower. She's poor. And she comes from a land, Moab, her country, uh, her uh, origin, where she grew up, uh, to uh, the promised land. And she's going to be begging for food. When you were poor, you can go to a field. And the owner of the field, when his farmers were cutting down wheat or pulling off fruit off trees, whatever fell on the ground, they would leave it there for the poor. It was God's way of taking care of poor people. And she is poor, her husband's dead, her mother-in-law, she's dead with her mother-in-law, and she's going to meet a guy named Boaz. Everyone say Bo. And, and they are going to start to have conversation and eventually get married, and they're going to be the ancestors to uh, King David. But we're going to learn some principles and how they relate, relate to each other and how they meet and court and go through this process. And through that, we're going to learn some insights about relationships and hopefully challenge you ladies uh, to be a virtuous woman. And you guys to be a godly man. Chapter 2, verse 1. It says, there was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. Anyone say Bo? Or oh, the fellas say Bo. And Ruth, the Moabitess, all the ladies say Ruth. The Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I might find favor. And she said, go, my daughter. And she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. So basically what she's doing is she's going behind his farmers and she's picking up stuff off the ground because she's poor. And she comes to the part of the field of Boaz. And Boaz is the big landowner. He's the big, big cheese. And Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to his reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord be with you. And Boaz said to his servant who was in charge, his foreman, Yo, uh, who's that fine chick over there? <laughs> and the servant who was in charge said, it is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little while in the house. Say this with me. Say she has continued from morning till now, though she rested a little while in the house. 
Number one in your notes, virtuous women have their priorities in order. Virtuous women have their priorities in order. All you singles and ladies in the house say amen. Here's my encouragement to you that before you start to pursue a husband, before you start to be so preoccupied with a man in your life that you are preoccupied with what God has for your life, that you are going to attract what you are, not what you want. In other words, if you keep getting these knucklehead guys come up to you, it may be because you're a knucklehead. It may be. I'm not saying you are. But you are going to attract what you are. If you hold yourself up as a godly woman, if you are proceeding as a woman who's about God's business, you are going to attract, for more, more than not, guys who are about God's business. When I was in high school, there was a girl that I thought was attractive. I remember so vividly. I don't remember her name. I remember looking at her all the time saying, I want to talk to her. And I remember something. I was not a Christian. I remember something. I was in high school. I remember something saying, stay away from her. And she'd be right there walking down the hall. I'm like, I want to talk to her. And she'd just be walking, walking. And someone was telling me, stay away from her. Now, I have no, I don't know for a fact what that was, but I got a suspicion. God was saying, no, 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 that's not your deal. She's mine. Not you. Ladies, I would challenge you when you get up in the morning, are you seeking God? Are you reading your word? The Bible says you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared for you. Is that your preoccupation or is your preoccupation getting a man? Because if your preoccupation is getting a man, you are going, you are going to uh, start to do, act, say things in order to get a man versus to please God. And those two things may not be the same. And so my challenge to you is to say, look, I know you have these desires. We all have them. It is a struggle. Trust me. I was single for 24 years. I get it. But God says, I want you to focus on me. I want you to do what I want you to do. I want you to be about my business. Jesus said, I am about my father's business. And as ladies, your job is not to look cute so some guy comes to you, that you honor the Lord Jesus Christ and let God bring him to you. Can I get Amen. When, when, Adam was, when Adam was created, Adam woke up, Adam woke up, and he, well, he was created, and he had all these animals, and God brought all the animals to him and said, pick anyone for your wife. And Adam said, I, I can't find anyone. It's just it's not working out. And God put him to sleep, and he woke up, and there was a woman in front of him. God said, I'll bring him to you. Let God bring you a man. If you're in the club trying to get a man... Let's keep reading. <laughs> Boaz said to Ruth, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go glean in any other field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from, the, uh, from what the young men have drawn. So here's what Boaz did. He said, he, he, he came to the land, he saw this woman, and, and, he, and he said, went up to her, he said, who is that? And they told her, and he went up to her and said, listen, I know that you are scared. I know that your husband died. I want you to stay by the people who work for me. We've already got water for you. These guys are going to protect you. They are not going to do anything. You have nothing to be worried about. Because I want you to imagine a poor person coming behind all these people they don't know just begging on the ground. And how scary that could be. And Boaz takes care of all this for her. And look what it says after that. It says in verse 10, she fell on her face and bowed to the ground. 
Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? Number two in your notes, godly men place women's needs before their own wants. Fellas, for all you guys who are single, you want to have a woman bow at your feet. And what I mean by bow at your feet, respect you. I'm not physically talking about getting on the ground and putting a face on your toes. I'm talking about respecting you. You want a woman to respect you, you respect her. You want a woman to honor you, you honor her. A man is supposed to be the head of the household. That doesn't mean he's the boss, authoritative, uh, a ruler, uh, um, a dictator. That means you are the example of servanthood. I've been married 32 years. The only way my wife and I can, can, can stay together is for us to serve one another. Because we are so opposite. Matter of fact, I think God, I don't want to say he tricks us, but God has, <laughs> I, I'm not going to put that on you, Lord. However, <laughs> you learn stuff about your mate after you get married. And one of those things you learn after you get married is that they're very opposite of you. You say the only way people can get along for real it's to say, I'm going to serve you. Because if it's all about me, you're not going to make it. If all you guys who are single, you want to know how to, how to get a good woman, be a good guy. And be determined to serve her. To look out for her needs. To love her, as Ephesians 5 tells us, to love her as your own body. So when you're hungry, you assume she's hungry. When you're grumpy and want food and you want it now, you assume she's hungry and wants food and you do it. And you, and you take care of her. My wife, I can get up 3 o'clock in the morning and say, honey, 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 can I have some water? She will wake up. I say, my, my mouth, my throat is dry. Can you give me some water? And she will get up, walk down the stairs, fill a glass of water. Come back and say, honey, you want some water? Yeah, my, my throat. She, right in my face, though. <laughs> if I really asked her and told her I really wanted some water, she would get it. But you know why? Because she knows I would do it for her. Fellas, this, what this guy did is that he asked about her. And before he even met her, he was already taking care of things for her. He was... Looking out for her before they even met. Then she was like, oh my goodness. He didn't come and open up his shirt and show his little pecs. And his little, hey, what's up girl, how you doing? And no, no, no. He was like, I am taking care of you. And look what it says uh, in verse Look what it says in verse 11. It says, Boaz answered and said, it has been fully reported to me. Everybody say fully reported to me. All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before, the Lord repay you a full reward and be given to you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. He said it has been fully reported to me. For all y'all who are single, because for y'all who are married, this point is way too late. If you are single, I highly, highly encourage you. Never date a person until you do a background check. With Google and the Internet, you can find out a whole bunch of stuff. I am dead serious. Guy wants to go out with you, say, can I have the numbers of your last three girlfriends? Tell me about your parents. Tell me about how you grew up. Tell me about your drug use. I want, I want to know about you. 
Pray for me right now. Pray for me right now. Uh, 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 whoa, whoa, you can't pray. You can't pray for me now. How are you going to pray for me? How are you going to cover me? How are you going to bless me spiritually? How are you going to invest in my life? How are you going to help me be the woman of God that God created me to be? I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Who yo? Tell me, tell me. This is, this is for real. I had a Bible study at my house years and years ago with teenagers, and there were these four girls that came. One was Filipino, one was uh, Japanese, one was Chinese, and another one was a combination of the other four. I'm just dead serious. And this was back when, the, when there was, girls used to put moose in their hair and moose it out like that. And they would come all cuted out, tricked out with their little spandex, high heels, boom, boom, boom. These are all high school kids. And there was four of them, and one of them was a little different. She wasn't as flashy. Her name was Diane. Diane Cruz. And I asked some of the guys in the group, tell me about Diane. I did a background check. What's up with her? And they said, oh, she's a good girl. She don't do this, 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 this. Nothing against the other girls. But they said she's different. Background check. Boaz said, I want to know about her. And we're going to see in a minute that Boaz, what Boaz said is that from what I hear about you, I'm interested and I want to take care of you before they even met. For all of y'all who are dating, guys and girls, you need to do a background check because a relationship, let me tell you something, I've been married 32 years, I've known my wife 36 years. 36 years, I met my wife in 1980, before a lot of y'all were even born. I'm still learning about my wife. Still. And I'll be learning until the day, I'll probably learn something on, well, I don't know who, we were talking last night who was going to die first. I don't know how that came up. but. (laughs) Uh, And I was thinking, well, maybe we could die together. That would be cool. I'll see you on the other side. But I'll probably learn something on our deathbed. Learn as much as you can because people are very, very complex. Let's keep reading. Are y'all with me? Number three, virtuous women do not take shortcuts. Do not take shortcuts. Chapter three, verse one. Naomi, her mother-in-law said, Oh, she went back and tells, tells her mother-in-law, I met this guy named Boaz. He's wealthy. He took care of me. He was protecting me. He gave me water. He told his guys not to harm me. He told me to stay by the women that are there for him and, and, and be protection. And he is, our, and, and, and guess what? He, she, she's going to realize he's our relative. In other words, he can marry you and redeem back the land we lost. A relative had to marry her to get back the land she lost when her husband died. And it says in verse 3, I mean chapter 3, verse 1. Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, my daughter, shall I not seek security for you? Let me tell you how to get this guy. Let me tell you how to secure this relationship and continue what he appears to be started. My daughter, uh, verse 2, Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. In other words, he, because he's our relative, he can marry you and redeem back the land if he's interested. So tonight he's going to be on top of the hill and he's going to be working. They would take all this barley, bring it up to the top of the hill, and they would throw it up in the air and the wind would blow away the waste. And the kernels would fall to the ground. So they were winnowing barley. So basically he's going to be up there all night and he's going to have his guys up there and then he's going to go to bed. Let me tell you how to get close to him and how to propose to him. At least say you're willing to marry him. Okay, she's a little forward, but they're going to do it proper, proper. Verse 3, wash yourself. 
Good idea. Because <laughs> you're smelling kind of funky right now. Oh, okay. About there grubbing around all day. Just take a bath. Anoint yourself. Put on some smell good. Put on your best clothes. Things have not changed. <laughs> Go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. In other words, let him take care of his business. And it shall be when he lies down, you shall notice the place where he lies down. You shall go in, uncover his feet, lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. Hi. <laughs> okay. So what he's going to do is he's going to take care of business. He's going to do his threshing and all the stuff. And then he's going to hang out with the fellas. Then he's going to go to bed. And she's going to be all dialed up. And he's gonna, she's going to come in and she's going to uncover his feet. Everyone say feet. Basically, she's going she's to lay herself at his feet as an act of submission. Very proper. This is, what they, this is a proper thing to do. And she, in verse 5 it says, all that you say, I will do. Verse 6, she went down to the threshing floor, did according to all that her mother-in-law had instructed her. And Boaz had eaten and drunk. Not he was drunk, he drank. <laughs> and his heart was cheerful and he went down to lie down at the heap of grain. She came in unsoftly, covered his feet and lay down. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled, turned himself, and there was a woman lying at his feet. And he said, praise the Lord. <laughs> this is not what he said. <laughs> he said, who are you? And she said, I am Ruth. Oh, the lady say, Ruth, I am Ruth. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are my close relative. In other words, the proper way is for you to marry me. You are my relative to redeem back what my uh, dead husband has lost. That's the proper way. She, he said, blessed are, you of my Lord, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than in the beginning in that you did not go after young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, do not fear. Ladies, here's your part. Do not fear. For I will do all that you request. For all the people of the town know that you are a virtuous woman. Uh, ladies, if, if, if we did a background check on you, what would people say? Let's say, you went to your job. Say, tell me about that girl, about that woman. How is she? She flirt, she sleep around, blah, 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 blah. What would people say about you? Some people think they have a church life, a church image, and they have a, a private life and a private image, and those two things are, are different. Matter of fact, because of social media, a lot of your private stuff is now public. Uh, people, I have Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff, and uh, Instagram is pictures and, uh, and Twitter. And people will like some of my photos on Instagram, because I put stuff on there pretty regularly, and then I'll tweet, I'll, I'll not tweet, I'll click on their Instagram. And I'm like, dang. Now it'll be like, praise the Lord, Pastor. Can't wait to be in church, Pastor. And then you click on their picture and they're like, <laughs> half naked. <laughs> no, for real. They're straight up, for real. Obscene stuff, sexual stuff, inappropriate stuff. But they're like, praise the Lord, Pastor, I can't wait to Sunday. And they're like, You have to decide what you're going to be. 
What you just do? You know, do a background check. It's so simple. Just go to someone's Instagram. Go to someone's Facebook. Listen to what they say. Look what their friends say in the in the dialogue. That's you. That's you. And that's what you're going to attract because a guy. And and by the way, obviously goes back and forth, guys and girls. But someone who's about God and sees that's going to. We had we had when I was a youth pastor, we used to have semi formals for the kids. There was a girl in our group named Laura. She was a Ruth. She was a Ruth. And like the week or two before the semi-formal, I saw her walking in church on Sunday. She was all a little discouraged. And I said, what's the matter? She said, no one asked me to the semi-formal. I had known her since she was a little, little kid. I put my arm around her and we looked at the room. I said, Laura, um, uh, there's, there's no guy in here that can handle you. You're probably intimidating to her because you're a godly woman. However, God is going to bring you the right guy at the right time. She ended up getting married and being fine. I, and I also know that desire to be asked and, and to be liked. But however, I'm those guys are like, huh. That's God's timing. You have to be patient with that. You have to trust that. You can't shortcut that. And it says in number four in your notes, godly men consistently exercise self-control because we want to see what Boaz does or doesn't do for that matter. It says, in verse 11, he says, do not fear. I will do all that you request. For all the people of the town know that you are a virtuous woman. Ladies, a virtuous woman may have to, well, we all have to wait for the right person. Uh, But virtuous women... (laughs) You get a godly man, it is worth waiting for. Let me tell you. For all y'all who are married, and by the way, you don't have to be married to know the answer to this question. But for all y'all who have been through relationship drama, say amen if the right person is worth worth waiting for. Can I get amen? amen? Amen. You do not want the wrong person. It is so easy to say no in the beginning. It's so hard to say get out in the end. Especially if you moved in together and then you have babies together. Oh, my goodness. Drama, drama, drama. Verse 12. Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay the night and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty, good, let him do it. But if he does not perform, I will do it. Basically saying there's someone, a closer relative, that he has the right to marry you over me by their law. But I'm willing to do it. Verse 14. She lay at his feet until morning. And she arose before anyone could recognize her. And he said, do not let it be known that the woman came here to the threshing floor. And basically, she laid his feet. By the way, what does that mean? They ain't do anything. I mean, there might have been some tickle tickles, but that's about it. In other words, it's like we're going to do things proper. One of the probably the most common questions I get, well, if I like somebody, how far can I go? Can I kiss? Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? The Bible says don't lust in your heart. I'm going to read Matthew 5, 27. It says, you have heard it said, this is Jesus talking, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery in his heart. You can do anything you want. As long as it doesn't cost you to lust in your heart. Lust is a desire to please self at the expense of someone else because lust wants to get. 
Lust is a desire to please self at the expense of someone else because lust wants to get. Often we lust people, not love people. If you find yourself wanting someone, wanting to get, it could be lust, versus wanting to give, wanting to bless. Remember, love is the heart of God, and it is very proper to have a burning desire to want to express the heart of God to people. And by the way, that is whether it's dating, sexual, or not. I love y'all. I want to express the heart of God towards you. When it comes to relationships like we're talking here, still, whenever I express my physical affection to you, I want to do it in a way that honors God. Man, woman, marriage. Lust is saying, I want something because my flesh, my body is craving. Your body doesn't always crave what God says it's supposed to have. So lust desires to get to please self at the expense of someone else and everything, even your own reputation, because lust wants to get. Where love desires to bless and express the heart of God for someone else because love wants to give. And ladies, and I keep going ladies because guys are usually, usually more the aggressor and usually the dog in the relationship. Usually, not always, but usually because there's some she-devils out there as well. But if some guy is asking you to do something that is disobedient to God, he is not expressing the love of God towards you. He's expressing the lust of self. So anything that would be contrary to the word of God, which is sex in the context of a marriage of a man and a woman. God says, how do you, and how do you, how do you one, of the, one of the tests that it is not biblical to do, which one is not only is it written in the Bible, but there will be consequences that bring death, death to health, reputation, relationship. Number six in your notes, godly men in the end handle their business. Godly men in the end handle their business. They do things the right way. Ruth chapter 3, verse 15 to 18, it says, he said, bring a shawl that is on you. Oh, by the way, verse 14, he says, do not let it be known that the woman came here. In other words, I don't want anybody to know she was here and assume because she was in my tent, we did something. I want to protect her integrity because she came here proper and we did not do anything. As a matter of fact, what he did was he's going to give her a bunch of foods and have her walk out of there with all this uh, grain to show that people think, well, maybe she was here early gleaning. And look at all that food she got. He's going to bless her again, not only to bless her, but to protect her integrity. Look what it says in verse 15. Bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured out 60 files of barley and laid it on her. And she went into the city. She came to her mother-in-law. She said, is, this, is that you, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done. And she said, these six ephahs of barley he gave to me, for he said, do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. And then the mother-in-law said, the last verse, sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out, for the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. That guy will take care of his business, and he did. Here's my challenge to all of you. We all have sexual desires and relationship passions. And they are expressed through fornication. They are expressed through immorality. They are expressed through pornography. They are expressed through things that go in our head. And the secret sins we have. And God knows it all. There is nothing he doesn't know. And God desires that every single one of us have a pure heart. 
And so in a minute, I'm just going to pray that you would make a commitment, Lord, I want to be pure. I'm married 32 years. Lord, I want to be pure. And if there's any part of my life, my thought process, my behavior, and I'm talking about all of us, what I look at, what I listen to, what I sneak peeks at online that doesn't honor you, God, purify it. Purify it from my life. If you're looking at stuff online, and you're just a little sneak peek, boom, 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 just to, just to get a little excitement. No, no, no. God says, I want you to be pure. Because that stuff's not hidden from God. And God desires us to be pure in our inward parts. And we come to church and we do it. And by the way, Sunday's the, the day pornography is watched more than any other day of the week. One out of every two guys, one out of every six women. We did a, a message on pornography and someone, people were sending messages. Why are we talking about pornography in church? Because people in church are looking at it. That's why. That you would say today, Lord, I want to be pure. Because what, what's just, in the end, you want God to send you the right mate. You're not going to get the right mate because you're cool. You want God to send her or him to you. Can I get an amen? Trust me, you want God's pick, not your pick. And God, so therefore, prepare yourself for that person. Prepare yourself for that person. So right now I'm going to ask everybody in, the, in the, all the campuses just to bow and, and bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, you made man. You made woman. And you made man and woman compatible that they would be one in a way that would honor you and glorify you. And Lord, in all our campuses, there are people with sexual desires and relationship desires and passions. But Lord, we also know there are people here who they want to take their level of sexual integrity and purity to another level. Whether they want to repent of something or they just want to vow a different level, a higher level of purity and integrity. They want to honor their mate better. They want to eliminate stuff online. They want to be a servant, a better servant in the home. They want to stop saying things that are inappropriate. Whatever it is, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would challenge people now. There are people here who are single, living together, and they know the Spirit of God saying, no, no, no. Culture may approve that. I want you to set a better example. Holy Spirit, challenge people right now. Challenge people. There are people here who have been hurt. They've been sexually violated. Someone violated them. They didn't do something wrong, but they have pain. And they want that pain cleansed. If you would like to just vow to surrender your relationship life, your sexual life to, to the Lord, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I surrender my sexual life to you. I ask you to purify my body, purify my mind, purify the intent of my heart, 
set me free from that which displeases you. I want to be sexually pure. I want my relationship to honor you and glorify you. I want to be the best mate that you created me to be. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, in a minute I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer. And for all the campuses, after I ask people to raise their hands, you could take over and pray there with your people. But I'm asking you to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer, and then I'm going to pray for you here. So if you prayed that prayer and you're saying, Lord, I, I'm surrendering my, my sexuality to you because I want to be a pure man of God. I want to be a pure, virtuous woman of God. I'm just going to ask you right now, eyes closed, heads bowed, just slip your hand up really high. God bless you, 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 God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Lord, I pray for all those people. Lord, I pray for miracles in those people's lives. I pray you prepare them for the right person, to be the right person, to notice the right person, and to be shielded from the wrong person. Holy Spirit, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give all those people a hand. Amen. Let's give all those people a hand. Pastor Marcus. Pastor Marcus is going to pray for orphan. Here's what I want to tell you. The Bible says, well, people will always say this, every sin is the same. And that is not true. Sexual sin is the one sin that comes against your body. Has lifelong consequences. All of us know the images we have in our head from years ago. The pain we have in our heart from things that have been done or that we did. Sexual sin can carry lifelong consequences. Christ can forgive. Christ can restore. But they're very serious. My prayer is that God would heal all of you who have been hurt. God would restore your heart. And God would bring the right person to you. And that you would have patience for that right person. I've had the wrong person several times. It is a nightmare, as a lot many of us know. My prayer is that God would heal this part of your life because this is the first part and the, the most persistent part of your life the devil's going to come after because he can know he can, he can change the course of your life in one minute. In one minute, your life can do that and be impacted for years. So my prayer is that you take heed to being sexually pure. Even for all y'all who are married, God will say, hey, you're married and have you, he'll tempt you. There's temptation everywhere. And so that's my challenge for you. So I'm going to have Pastor Marcus coming up, pray for our offering. Two weeks we got Easter. Uh, be praying about who you're going to bring. Amen. In this story that Pastor Miles shared with us today, we see a God, a loving God, a God that provides. You know, a God that provided Bo with a wife, a, a God that provided Ruth with a husband and we also see that he provided systems in there for the poor as, as things fell to the floor a spot for them to, to come and grab and there's a verse in James that tells us that every good and perfect gift is from our father above 
So in other words, everything good that we have, everything good that I have is from the Lord. As I often share, I have four kids, and, and um, everything they have, I bought it for them. You know, and sometimes I give them some M&Ms or some Sour Patch Kids. and like, hey, Marco, can I get a couple? Sometimes I go, ah, Dad. I get, son, you got your whole bag, son. Just want two. You know, and, and sometimes I remind them, hey, son, that's not yours. You ain't got no job. You know, I got you those things. And sometimes as we think, about giving to the Lord, sometimes we think, ah, oh, man, it's mine. Can I hear amen? But it's a lot easier that we understand that everything we have good is from our Lord, is from our Father, our good, good Father, and we really aren't giving as much as we are sharing, as much as we are returning. So in this, this time, I just want to share that with you guys. Everything we have that's good, of value, is from our Father above. And we know there's three ways to give here. One way is online, and you guys give online. Those watching online, there's a button right there that you can click. When you guys right here, automate the important just comes out. Your first fruits every month just comes straight out, and that's the easiest way for you. We encourage you, and we thank you for that. Those that want to give via the text, we have ways for you to give that way as well, as well as this envelope right here. There are boxes at every exit, and I hope that you guys continue just to not only faithfully, but joyfully give. So let's 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 thank the Lord as we receive these tithes. Let's put our hands together and receive with with joy. Lord, I thank you that you're a God that still provides, Lord. You're not only a God of this story in the Old Testament, Lord, but today, Lord, you've provided me with everything I need, Lord. Everything good that I have is from you, Lord. I just pray, Lord Jesus, as I give, Lord, that I would always remember, Lord, I'm not really giving as so much. I'm just being faithful and trusting with the things that you've given me, Lord. So I just pray that you would use these resources, that you would multiply them, though, Lord. They would be used for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have our pastoral support team right here. You guys, I thank you for serving. They're ready to connect with you guys. They're ready to love on you guys. You guys come up for prayer. We love you guys. God bless you guys. And we will see you next week and bring one. God bless you guys. Jesus, my only choice when all the lights are screaming.